Uh, an entire week and still no teeth. And it turns out these teeth I got from the old man are phony. Brian, Brian, look, I'm Gary Busey. I'm frequently aggressive in situations that don't call for it. Lights, camera, action. Welcome back to another episode of Happy Hour Films. As you all know, I'm Ross Bacon. I'm joined by my co-host, Mike McGregor. Mike, say hi. How's everyone doing? And as you should know by now, we're two idiots to talk about movies and get drunk. Um, now, Nut Job November. Uh, not No Nut November, because we're doing lots of Nut November in this one. Yeah. And uh, we're nutting all over November. And uh, last week, we talked about two certified crazies. Uh, Shia LaBeouf, Corey Feldman. Now, as Brian, I think, commented on our last uh, ish, our last post, the true inspiration for this week was not quite Corey Feldman, but it was definitely the man of the hour tonight, which was Gary Busey. Because he did something right in our backyard. He, he did. He was just crazy before, and now he's touchy, gropey, squeezy, kind of gross. <laughs> but we will, he does have a... Um, a wide variety of um well it's just his resume is all over the goddamn place but we'll get to it uh we plan on talking about it we definitely plan on talking about at least the buddy holly story one he got a nomination oscar nomination for and we're going to talk about predator 2 because we've talked about under siege point break <laughs> and then a lot of the other great and lethal yeah. weapon <laughs> now, i mean like i could talk about point break and lethal weapon again <laughs> right that's i mean we will <laughs> but before yeah, we get too. to all that we got to talk about what we're drinking. So, Mike, what you got? All right. So, I made a little bit of a mental error today. I was oh, leaving yeah. my friends at the house up by my, up by uh, Red Bank, and I was thinking, huh, I haven't reviewed Red Tank in a while. Let me stop there and get some beer. It's been a and while. And I uh, get there at 1 o'clock, except it wasn't 1 o'clock. The clocks had been turned back, so it was noon. And yep. Red Tank was not open yet on Sunday <laughs> at noon. They opened at one o'clock and I didn't really have an hour to kill in Red Bank. So I ended up going to uh, Jay and Silent Bob's Secret Stash and getting their Chronicon Cherry Pie Chronicon Cannabis Seltzer. Interesting. <laughs> now, uh, what's in that? <laughs> it is a cbd 20, so 20 milligrams of cbd so it's a cbd seltzer okay. totally legal they sell them at bars but this is my first time having one and it's definitely the first time a cbd seltzer has been reviewed on the show absolutely yeah and it's legal in new jersey so we don't have to worry about shit <laughs> now i taste wise it's not too different from like what a cherry seltzer would taste like okay um, not a ton of flavor, but also no calories, no carbs or anything like that. Um, it's definitely something I could chill and drink. It's not the most flavorful thing, but uh, the cherry flavoring is pretty good. Like you don't get like some things with alcohol with cherry flavoring. It kind of tastes like cough syrup. Don't get any of that with this. Do you feel the urge to say snoochie boochies? Uh, a little bit, yes. Nice. Uh, now I've only had about two sips, so we'll see if the snoochie boochies increases as i continue to drink <laughs> mike's all of a sudden he's gonna have like a trench coat on <laughs> <laughs> that's the next beer check-in i have a trench coat i eventually on backwards. baseball cap right. <laughs> i start talking about a girl i once dated named amy <laughs> for some reason his weight fluctuates wildly from movie to movie <laughs> <laughs> 
But uh, all right. So we heard about the holy fucking Bible. <laughs> that's right, the holy fucking Bible, son. Oh, and uh, the company that makes it because they obviously don't just distill it at the uh the uh it's not made at the comic book store it's not made at the comic book store um it's made by the mighty kind beverage company which is a beverage company that makes cbd drinks and i believe they're based out of st louis yeah interesting i would i would have definitely guessed like la like i would guess that's where they're from but um all right so today i had um my final baseball game, my fall uh, baseball season. Unfortunately, we lost, and uh, so we won't be going on to the championship. But were you uh, on the Philadelphia Phillies? No, I was on the Haddonfield Kings, which are uh, we played like the Phillies, though. We, uh, we yeah, we maybe to... could have used you instead of Castellanos or Hoskins. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's good. Yes, I mean, woof. <laughs> but I, uh, but our team is sponsored since we're the Kings. We're sponsored by uh, Kings Red Brewing. And I went there after the game, had some couple beers with my teammates and whatnot, but I walked out with a t-shirt, but not a beer. <laughs> now I did have their King's gold lager, which was really good. I quite enjoyed it. Um, but so when I came home, I did realize that I did still have a big crowler of village idiot left. And uh, I have their hipster lager that I'm actually going to do. And um, it's pretty good. It's like a straight up lager. It's like 5.3%. It's, Again, Village Idiots from Mount Holly, and it's like the Crowlers of Kingsguard, uh, Kings uh, uh, Road, kind of have like the same color scheme as the Village Idiot one. So it's it's sort of like having it, but <laughs> at some point, either in the near future or the distant future, next year when the spring season starts up, I will have, I will do Kings Road on this show at some point. But um, tonight it's back to Village Idiot because Gary Busey is very much the village idiot of, <laughs> of wherever he happens to be. And I think right now he's a resident of uh, the state of New Jersey at the moment. <laughs> I'm uh, not sure he's allowed to leave. Right. I don't think he's allowed to leave the state of New Jersey, but I think he is here until uh, his, uh, his court date, which I'm sure is coming up soon. But um, all right. So we might as well get into uh, the man, the myth, the legend, the crazy person, Gary Busey. The, the, the fun part about this is the two movies that we picked, Buddy Holly Story and Predator 2, each take place on either side of his brain damage, the motorcycle accident, <laughs> which I don't know, man, judging by his movies in the 90s, I think did him a favor because he became Gary Busey after that shit. <laughs> yeah, that's, um, I mean, I would argue 94-ish is prime Gary Busey. You know, because his obvious best movie is Point Break. <laughs> well, that was 1990, though. Or 91. About 90, yeah. That was 1991. Yeah, that's the first of the run. Yeah. <laughs> because then he does Under Siege, I think, in, like, 92. Well, actually, no, I'm sorry. Lethal Weapon is the first of the run. But uh, that was... Oh, God. Okay, we're going to look it up. Because I, I can't remember... I can never remember if Lethal Weapon is 87 or 89. And if it was 87, that means it's the year before his accident, because his accident was 88. So that means Lethal Weapons Mr. Joshua is a, like, straightforward acting Gary Busey. <laughs> That's, I'm it's always... Kind of terrifying. Gary Busey's, Gary Busey's acting, like, I'm not actually sure if he's an actor or if they're just like, this is a crazy-looking dude. Let's see if we could just have him be himself. Okay, lethal. Yeah, exactly. Like lethal weapons, eighty-seven. So that's 
pre-accident because they were probably filming in 86. So he's definitely got at least a year prior to that movie coming out or two before the accident. So let's, let's go over this. Now, Buddy Holly is 1978. And you can tell in that movie that he's like acting, you know, he's like pretending to be, he looks like he has the, the good looks of actually being looking like Buddy Holly, you know, and he's got the teeth, like, but he has the look of Buddy Holly, like those giant Gary Busey teeth I actually like play a role. Unsettling it was to watch a movie with Gary Busey in it and not go, wow, Gary Busey looks insane. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. So it's funny because we got this. We have um, a star is born right before this, right before Buddy Holly. Then we have uh, DC Cab. He was in. We have Silver Bullet, which is that um, Stephen King adaptation. That's kind of insane, but still not terrible. Um, Eye of the Tiger, Half Lifetime, Lethal Weapon in 1987 is Mr. Joshua. Then 1988 happens, and he gets in his motorcycle accident, which gives him permanent brain damage. He then goes in on to do Hider in the House, Predator 2, Point Break, uh, Under Siege, The Firm, Rookie of the Year. Oh, God, Rookie of the Year. (laughs) Surviving the Game, which I believe is him and Ice-T being hunted for sport. (laughs) what that exists you've never heard of that movie no oh, we have to do it like we have to do it we might have to do like a separate movie just to like episode just to do that movie you gotta see it it's it's phenomenal because rucker Hauer, i think is the if i remember correctly is the villain <laughs> I, I need to see this movie <laughs> it's amazing but like and then of course like he does some garbage for a while and then he does piranha three double d and after that it's pretty much like the Gary Busey like VH1 reality star years, you know, where he's just kind of like crazy in reality TV shows. But he was like, we, did, uh, we talked about just reviewing Gary Busey on a uh, pet court. He, he did a show, pet court, right? His pet court, yeah. But like, that was him like being like lovable, crazy person, Gary Busey, yeah. Then this past, Okay, I put I made sure I could pull it up so we could discuss it. Then this past August happens. August 19th, Gary Busey's arrested and charged with sexual offense, three sexual offenses, and one kind of harassment at Monster Maniacon in Cherry Hill, New Jersey. So right up the road, where he was the featured guest. Um, the Cherry Hill police said that there were multiple complaints about Busey's conduct, and it was about his conduct, and it was about touching, is what the quote says. And apparently because Brian who recommended this had friends who were there and like either witnessed it or heard from people who witnessed it. Apparently he was like grabbing butts like the whole time. He was just like grabbing butts the whole time, like being completely creepy and just disgusting. But so when we started doing this, like the idea for this came out, it was like, Oh, Gary Busey's just a crazy person. Then we set the schedule for this. We're like, Oh, we're going to do Gary Busey. Oh God. (laughs) It's like, now we have to talk about him because he's a sexual predator. God damn it. <laughs> so it's predator versus sexual predator and predator too. <laughs> and you know what? I guess no one ever told him that there's a million fine looking women in the world, but not all of them will bring you lasagna at work. 
Fuck, it's happening. <laughs> most of them just cheat on you. There you go. There it is. Mike is Mike is starting to turn. <laughs> he's he's actually been silent this whole time, and it's just been Jay talking. Oh, and yeah. now Mike is actually starting to talk. <laughs> my hair is growing. My my hair is turning darker. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. The the trench coat is forming around Mike's shoulders right now. <laughs> but it's it Gary Busey. Like watching, like let's just let's get into Buddy Holly. Like, but the Buddy Holly story is directed by this guy named Steve Rash, who oddly enough also did the movie Son in Law, Can't Buy Me Love, and two Bring It On sequels. Of all things, he didn't do the OG Bring It On. He did this couple of sequels for Christ's sake. But Gary is nominated for best lead actor in a movie, and he loses to John to John Voight that year for the movie Coming Home. And to be honest with you, uh, I, 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 it's funny that he lost it, but it wouldn't have been out of the, out of like, it wouldn't have been outlandish if he'd won it. He's, I mean, this is an Oscar bait movie through and through with like a absolutely. biopic, music biopic of a musician who died. Like, come on. <laughs> it hits every single beat. That you know that like have you, have you seen the previews, the trailers for Weird, the new Weird yeah. Al movie that's coming out where yeah. it's like the like a parody of uh, like um of biopics? It hits all of those beats that that movie is making fun of, and it or hits even like uh, what, like Walcard did into like Walcard made fun of all those. Right, right, and it's it's so funny because. It hits everything. Like he, he at first he has to overcome fundamentalist Christians and their hatred for rock and the devil's music of rock and roll, and then he has to overcome racism. But it's like the opposite racism. It's because he's a white guy in Harlem as opposed to being a black guy, you know, you know, living in the world. He falls in love with someone who he shouldn't fall in love with. He has to like convince her aunt who. The way he does that is by lie, not really lying to her, just not telling her the full truth. He tell, he gives her his first and middle name instead of going by Buddy, instead of mentioning the Holly part. And he pretends to be a record executive or whatever, and he's talking to her. And the whole time, she's just talking. She's like, hey, you're a pretty nice guy. And he goes to leave, and she's like, all right, Buddy, next time, just say who you are. And he's like, what? It's like, you are the most famous musician in the world right now. She, You work with her aunt, her niece. I think she would know who you are. <laughs> You look like you do. <laughs> you are definitely going like, to stand it, out. So I'm sure Buddy Holly was distinct, like fairly distinguishable looking when you saw him in per- person. Gary Busey dressing as Buddy Holly. You could have mistaken for anyone else. Right. Yeah. It's it's pretty wild. But then his band breaks up and he has to go. He has to choose whether to be solo or to go with the band. And then, of course, and the absolute ending is knowing since it is the Buddy Holly story, he has to die young. But the thing is, and it's weird because if you made this movie now, if this was a 2022 biopic, they would both show him dying in the plane crash. Like they'd show the plane crashing. And then they would go that next step of showing his wife having her miscarriage, which is what happened in real life. Yeah. Because even though we love to say that we love women's rights and we love to make like, you know, to not rape women on screen, we sure as fuck will show them having miscarriages and like losing pregnancies and being depressed and all that. Watch House of the Dragons episode. 
right watch yeah watch any house of the dragon episode but no but the women are behind the camera for it yeah it's still grief porn and you're still trafficking in misery is what you're doing you're just not like you're just not having a man physically violate them you know (laughs) you're no better than a man you're just no better and i know you think you are but you're not (laughs) that this movie is just boring it's boring through and through that's the thing it's boring because of how cliche it is like and it's, I, to be fair 1978 is it's one of the earlier biopics that I. if anything it creates the cliches <laughs> yeah but it's still the cliches it's boring it's typical oscar bait like i understand why the oscars loved it because the oscar the oscars love boring things absolutely yeah and they love a story about anything involving the entertainment industry like if if this was an actor he would have won that's the thing like if he was playing i'm trying to think of an actor that died like it wouldn't have happened yet but if he was like river phoenix like they would have given him the fucking oscar right away you know but since it was buddy holly musician you had to kind of give it to john boy because he'd been there before you know but it's it's so crazy because there is there are some funny parts of this movie. Like I genuinely laughed and oh, oh, and the other cliche, the stereotype is that his girlfriend in Lubbock, Texas is like this just bitch. Like, and she's like this whiny, just selfish bitch. And when he puts her on the bus, <laughs> she's like, well, what do I tell my college friends? He's like, I don't know. Tell them booga booga. Have a good time. And he slams the door. <laughs> it's like, suck it, bitch. <laughs> now, you know how I, used to say uh kurt russell and patrick swayze were like cousins but one was raised in the city and one was raised at the beach one was raised on a farm yeah one was given a pitchfork that was given a surfboard (laughs) i don't know why but i feel a similar way about gary Busey and john lithgow I can see it. I can see that. Yeah, it's like Gary was given crystal meth and John Lithgow was given like a library. <laughs> like a library. Yeah. But when it comes to like acting, they were both given the crystal meth. Yeah. <laughs> it's just that Busey was just raised on meth, you know? Yeah, I don't and, know why there's a connection between Lithgow and Busey in my mind, but it's there. Well, it's because they play great villains. Like they play great eccentric nutbags on TV, on movies, and it's usually the villain. And they're just Some really of you may die. <laughs> they yeah, they just like they stand out on screen because they just have the that presence on screen. And yeah. Busey, it's weird because Busey doesn't have that in this despite being the main character, because he has to be a real person. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have to be Pappas from Point Break who wants his meatball sandwiches. <laughs> yeah, right. He doesn't, and he's like, he doesn't have to like run around being the crazy cop, like trying to pose his surfer ma Rob bank robber theories that no one believes to the FBI. He's not Mr. Joshua, you know? He's not, you know, the, the lunatic right-hand man of the villain. He's not Peter Keyes, the fucking alien hunter, you know? <laughs> he's not crazy old, he's not crazy naval man, you know, and, and under siege. He's just a he's just a guy. He's just a person who happened to die young. He The funny thing is he's like 30 when he filmed this movie, and he was supposed to be like 33, but he's supposed to be playing 22, which sure i mean it was 1978 i guess they looked that way but it's 
everything. And the, the craziest thing was, I did not expect to see Paul Mooney as Sam Cook. I did not expect to see Paul Mooney in this movie. Yeah, and, that's this was my first time watching this movie. And yeah, me too. It was definitely, uh, I don't know. There were definitely some people I was not expecting to see. I was actually expecting to see like other actors, like actual famous actors. There, there's that one guy that um, uh, I can't remember his name, but he's the guy that books him at Harlem at the Apollo. Yeah. And he thinks because he thinks they're black. And when the white guys walk through, it's like, but that actor's been in shit. Like I've seen him in things and he's always got like a small role. It's usually pretty good, but he was the only one. I was like, I feel like the, I feel like the, 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 the wife should be somebody. I feel like, you know, it's somebody else big in this movie should be here. Like, like his crickets, like the band, like the, one of those guys should have been somebody, you know? And it was like, I feel like we're missing out here. Like, but even though it works because Gary's supposed to be the star and of course he is, you know, and you got to balance out the beautiness with nobody's like, you can't put somebody else in there. <laughs> yeah. That's, I don't, but he's so watered down in this and I'm just like, it's not for me. It's not for me. It's not a movie for me. It's kind of, well, it's kind of like seeing Pacino in uh Godfather in what Godfather two. It's like yeah. Sam Pacino on that because you look at him, you go, oh, early career Pacino was normal. <laughs> Late career Pacino is a lunatic. <laughs> Busey, pre-motorcycle accident, is normal. <laughs> Post-motorcycle accident, which is his best roles, he's complete maniac. <laughs> yeah, that's what, it's not Gary Busey. Like, it, this is not the Gary Busey that I've come to be minorly repulsed by. <laughs> Right, exactly. Yeah. I mean, yet you love him. Like at the same time, you still love him. And it's funny because I I never like even like like um Busey's performance aside, if everything in this movie happened, at least relatively like it did in real life, then Buddy Holly's entire career is just a series of accidents. <laughs> He didn't make anything happen. It just all kind of accidentally came to him. <laughs> he was just now, getting of course, we, don't, we have no idea how accurate this is because when you look at something like Bohemian Rhapsody, 70% of what happens in that is made up. <laughs> complete garbage. Yeah. It's complete Disney-fied garbage. And it's like, it's the same thing with this. It's like, you know, you know that he had to have gotten hassled or somebody was like, look, man, you got to be Elvis. You know, it's like you have to be Elvis. You have to be nerd Elvis, you know, and it would have made more sense to have Gary Busey as Elvis. Right. And what I found hilarious, and I don't know if it was supposed to be hilarious, was that Gary, uh, well, um, Buddy Holly's signature black frame glasses that he has apparently according to this movie only came about because he wanted to get laid <laughs> he was like pulling like a pickup artist like he was using it as like a conversation starter <laughs> and despite the oscar nomination gary Busey's still only my second favorite person to play buddy holly uh you're talking about rivers cuomo no i'm talking about frankie muniz in wall card when he shows up for about 10 seconds <laughs> It's been so long since I've seen that movie, <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's a good one. But um, yeah, it's the crate. Like 
Busey really does like, and that's that's the craziest thing because Gary Busey now, or peak Gary Busey in the nineties, stood out like crazy, like he stood out. Whereas in this, you're like, oh, okay, this is the Buddy Holly story. This is a guy playing Buddy Holly. You're not like, oh, it's Gary Busey. You know, it's you just you're looking at it, you're like, oh, this is Buddy Holly. You know, it's he's an all he's a weird looking guy, but Buddy Holly is kind of a weird looking guy. You know, it's yeah. it's it's doesn't really his beauciness doesn't really stand out. But then you get into something like then you hit right before the action, you hit Mr. Joshua and Lethal Weapon, which is a legendary villain, just a legendary villain. And even in that, he's pretty toned down. Yeah, he's he's not as crazy as he should be, but. And it's even like the character would call for it. Like the character definitely would have called for him being completely over the top and out of his mind, but he wasn't. And it's, it's pretty, it's pretty insane that like to go back and look at this and see, Oh, this is what it was like. If like, what would have happened to Gary's career had he not had that motorcycle accident? Yeah, that's, <laughs> so it, so you also get something like, uh, Mark Hamill, where his career shifted after his motorcycle accident. Yeah, yeah. And how his face kind of changed. <laughs> but Mark Hamill ended up going the direction of, instead of visibly insane, he went more into voice acting, where he made insane voices. Right. Yeah, exactly. Which, hell of a pivot. You know, it's a hell of a and pivot. Honestly, totally right move. Mark Hamill might be the best voice actor of a generation. He's great. He is. He really is. Yeah. And, um, but like, imagine if Busey went to like voice acting. Like, <laughs> the thing is, it's like it, Busey has, he would almost be like, uh, like his voice acting career would have to be similar to Patrick Warburton, where it's like, it's yeah. Gary Busey. You know, it's Gary Busey. And you picked him to voice it because you want the character to be Gary Busey. <laughs> right. All right. So, might as well. We've, that's, that's about enough out of buddy holly yeah there's not that much to say about it it's generic it is it is it's if anything i would say watch it simply to see how cliche it is you you almost watch it because like you know when you're doing an experiment you need like your null variable versus what it comes to you need to use that as like your gary Busey null to see where things go from there right the buddy holly story the control group (laughs) 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 right so my gosh or seltzer um it's pretty good um yeah i'm turning a little bit more into silent bob every moment that goes by as i drink it you know um i i may turn into uh i may turn into blunt man at some at some point (laughs) but no it i actually like the cherry pie flavor um it's not a flavored seltzer i would normally go with but the the movies seltzer that they had there was had 10 milligram less CBD and it was the same price. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to do that. That's the point of that. You know? But it's a solid seltzer. Nice. nice. I, I don't nice. know how much the effects are actually working, but like, I don't know how much <laughs> CBD actually does. I'm, I'm waiting for you to like be like in the middle of a sentence and then just stop and like stare. <laughs> You're like, oh no, it kicked in. <laughs> looks down, looks down for the count. <laughs> so, all right. So, my uh, hipster lager from uh, Village Idiot Brewing is very good. It's 
it's nothing crazy, but it's nothing terrible. You know, it's it's a lager, and it's it's good. You know, that's really all I got to say about it. You know, but anyway, so on to what might be the greatest movie of a generation. <laughs> no, wait, I'm sorry, that's the first Predator. My bad. Yeah. <laughs> but no, Predator Two, which is directed by this guy Stephen Hopkins, who has got some shit in his uh, in his in his uh, resume nightmare on street five uh the movie judgment night uh the lost in space movie uh i think the first one and then he did a whole hell of a lot of television and gary in this plays special agent peter keys who is at first you you think he's just you know a special agent fbi guy who wants to help fight crime in the urban jungle of LA, but uh, turns out he's hunting aliens, you know, he's hunting predators and it's absolutely, this is, it's, it's not, it's not Pappas, but it's also not under siege. (laughs) You know, it's right in the middle. (laughs) Kind of like where he gets cut. Yeah. Nope. (laughs) It's, you know, I I will say, I am a fan of this movie. I love for some reason I love this movie. Like it's it's not it's not the first one. I I recognize that the first one is in a class all its own. The, the first two one is, is a charming movie. <laughs> so there are things I like about this movie. So obviously, first first Predator, horror action, whatever you want to call it, classic classic movie monster rom com. Uh, near perfect movie this one you get a voodoo pimp gang king willie <laughs> and you know what i respect it <laughs> king willie is just fucking hilarious to me because when he is talking to danny glover and he's like spreading the chicken bones or whatever the fuck on top of the del- on top of the uh the trash can it's like and he's just like pontificating about like bullshit it's like you are entirely too high my friend <laughs> it's like you need to stop smoking so much weed <laughs> and now one thing with this movie that i'm like when i'm watching it i'm like i feel like this is unrealistic but living in 2022 I'm like hey Maybe this is how people would act if they saw aliens that were hunting people for sport. Maybe they would just be super nonchalant about finding about about this shit. <laughs> yeah, it's it's yeah, it might as well happen. <laughs> it's it is that lovely because of the LA riots and all that, like movies and TV did love to make uh, LA out to be a war zone, which with the gang violence and all that, it was. (laughs) They basically made this like, uh, like the Warriors take on LA. (laughs) It's the Warriors meets like demolition, man. (laughs) It's what it is. And you drop a predator in the middle of it. (laughs) But it's because this the funniest part is this movie was made in 1992. It's, 1997 is when this movie is supposed to take place and five years into the future LA is completely lost to gang violence (laughs) and we are worried about King Willie and his voodoo gang taking over the west West coast Coast. (laughs) (laughs) holy shit (laughs) you really dropped the ball LAPD (laughs) now Ross because we are talking about a predator movie 
you do realize what I must bring up yet again. Every time we talk about an alien or a predator movie, I got to bring it up. I'm blanking. The linked universe where alien, predator, Mario, and Diddy Kong, and Conker from Conker's Bad Fur Day all exist in the same universe. That's right. That's right. As well as Scooby-Doo, the Archie comics. Oh, for everything. It's all there. And... (laughs) Kiss. <laughs> Kiss, yeah. Because through the Scoo- transitive property of Scooby-Doo. <laughs> also John Cena and Batman. It's all there. Harley Dope Trotters, too. Yeah, it's all there, man. But, um, yeah, it's... This movie, it's... Again like, again, like, if you were to take an actual... If an actual alien showed up and said, hey... I'm going to kidnap you and take you to the predator world. Unless you can show me a perfect example of the nineties on, on the screen, you show them predator too. <laughs> you go, like, Wait, hey. that's a documentary, right? You go, Hey, look at Danny Glover's suit pants. <laughs> you ever see the video of all the different predators at the end dancing? Right. <laughs> um, now, one thing that I find a, funny about this movie is we get like a moral code for predators like predators have a code of who they hunt well they technically have it in the first one the predator has in the original because he doesn't kill the girl because she doesn't have a gun Mm -hmm. like he's not she's not armed so he doesn't see her as a threat you know and which is sexist by the way um but in this one if you're pregnant you get a you get a free pass (laughs) So for listen, time. <laughs> so I would like to believe that there's like some sort of hunting board for predators, and they're like, this species is endangered. You can't hunt them if they're pregnant. Right. <laughs> like, like you have some sort of guy going around checking predators' permits to make sure that they can hunt on certain planets. That would be great. You have like a cop predator. <laughs> Johnny like Wall predator. You have to like get them. You have to go through like the predator DMV to like be able to get your hunting license and actually go out on missions. <laughs> but well, then this the thing. there is a separate hunting and fishing license. Now I, we don't know if predators fish, but like, come on, I want to see predator versus a great white shark. <laughs> I was just saying, there's got to be a planet out there somewhere that's like mostly water <laughs> that they have to use, like. Did they have to hunt on boats, you know? That's, <laughs> Something's um, got to happen there. Come on, like Mega Shark versus Giant Octopus? You're telling me a predator doesn't want to hunt those fuckers? Let's get exactly. this happen. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> talk about surviving the game. <laughs> Piranaconda? The predator doesn't want to take on the Piranaconda? <laughs> if I consider that the height of uh, of combat, you know? <laughs> but, and that's the, well, that's the thing, like, with uh, with Prey the movie prey we get the like it was an 1800s predator like the 1700s predator i forget when that takes place but either way he's scanning for weaponry and like when he notices it he scans the weapon and like he sees what it is so it's like oh, okay so he's looking for the weapon like that's the key point like no weapon no kill that kind of thing but that doesn't really apply to this predator. <laughs> this, this, and what, and now it's funny because when you go and it happens every time I watch one of these movies, I always fall down like an internet rabbit hole of like the Yautja, which is the predator alien species. 
And it's like the internet is a dark place when it comes to this franchise because we got guys who I am sure, and they're guys, they are not women doing this. We got guys in front of keyboards doing this that are way too into dissecting which predators are which and yeah. you know sorting them and all that. Apparently, this one is an urban hunter, <laughs> you know, because he fights in a city. Hopefully, it took someone a couple days to figure that name out. But apparently, like each different type of hunter has like its own code of ethics or like laws and shit. Like they'll they apparently the urban hunter can see things that are like everything's a possible threat because it's the urban city, you know, the urban jungle. Oh yeah. <laughs> We're proud of ourselves for thinking of that one. <laughs> but and then like the one that Schwarzenegger fought was more of like a like like a wilderness big game hunter like i'm gonna find the biggest baddest swinging dick and i'm gonna try to kill it you know and it's like that's like he's all about the spirit of competition like that kind of thing whereas like the urban hunters like trophies like i yeah. i gotta get me i gotta get my numbers up that kind of thing it's like i got rookie numbers right now <laughs> now that's when voodoo pimp gets a high honor of his skull being placed next to a xenomorph yeah yeah man and I'm sorry, that's one of the best transitions in all of film. Like when the predator lands and then he unveils himself and the next thing you see is Willie pulls his sword out and then he goes to fight. But the next thing you see is his face screaming as the predator's walking away with a severed head. It, it, it is a great transition. <laughs> it's like, how fast was that fight over? <laughs> he is very much still mid-yell. <laughs> but then, of course... Gary Busey shows up and Busey as special agent Peter Keys has one of my favorite line deliveries because it's so crazy, but yet so casual and so Busey it's the lions and tigers and bears. Oh my, <laughs> like he doesn't even do it. Like quoting, quoting it right. But he makes it seem like someone should look at him and go, my God, that was, that was beautiful, man. <laughs> you know, that's, I love just him and Danny Glover playing off of each other. They're so good. They're so good. And Danny Glover gets some time to be like unhinged too. Well, he's that hot shot. He's that hot shot cop. You can't, he's a wild card. You can't keep him down. He's got to play by his own rules and he's out for also, justice. He and totally is nonchalant about going up against an alien. Has no problem with it. Has yeah. no problem. The best. And I, I do love it though. Because you would you if if you're in that situation, you have been you've been fighting this damn alien across the all of all of Los Angeles. You have now hit the point where your body's probably in shock, your brain's in shock, you're just going with it. You're like, you know what? This is life today. This is my perp. This is who I have to catch. So then you get like all the other predators unveil themselves in the alien ship. I just love when he's like, all right, who's next? <laughs> It's such a great delivery. Like, I, god damn it. I also <laughs> love when uh the gray looking predator just hands him like a trophy, <clears throat> like, you know what? Respect, respect. Yep. He chucks him, he chucks him the rifle, the, the pistol that we do see in prey, which spoiler alert for prey, because if you saw Predator 2 first and you saw Prey, you're like, Well, I guess there's not gonna be a sequel to Prey. <laughs> Think we know how that one ends. <laughs> yeah. They gotta get that rifle back gun back somehow. <laughs> and I don't think it's because she gave it back. <laughs> but it's and it's it's so funny because one of my favorite parts, and I'd have to like I have the the series on 4K, but in 
the first predator it doesn't happen it happens in this and it's great it doesn't happen in prey i'd have to go back and watch predators to see if it happens but when they the whole point of uh Busey's plan is to lure the predator back or he follows the predator back to this um this meat house this meat packing plant and they realize that's where he goes to feed or whatever but he comes back there so that's where they've laid this trap for him and because the predator sees in ultraviolet and is you know all that in infrared he's got to scan through he's got to click through his like visor to be able to pick up because he knows something's not right here he's like something's off here this is weird what's going on i don't feel right so he's clicking through and it's like nothing 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 and then he gets that gray one where the only thing he sees is the red beams of the flashlights that they have. Mm-hmm. And we get the greatest predator reaction shot <laughs> because when it happens, it cuts to the front of the predator's face. And he just does one of these, like, huh? <laughs> like he kind of like jumps back a little bit. He's like, Oh my God. <laughs> also, Holy shit. <laughs> this predator's voice copying fucking thing. Like we're, we're watching a movie about a predator and you're going to make him constantly say, you want some candy? <laughs> right, right. It's, oh my God, it's, it it made, in the original, it made perfect sense because he's like, you can see he's almost learning. Like he's learning his prey, you know, he's learning how to blend in and all that. In this one, it's like, well, everyone knows that the Predator can do this. So what could we have him say? It's like, uh, we're going to have him say one-liners. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're going to have him punch lines. He's going to develop timing. <laughs> Comedic but, timing. Now, one of the, again, it's, and it's probably because I just got back from New Orleans a couple of weeks ago. I thought I'm actually about a month ago now. Voodoo down there is like, obviously a legit religion. Like people legitimately practice voodoo. And it's definitely not what you see on movies and TV. It's, it's not. And this movie, like we've said, not the greatest depiction of voodoo. It's kind of like, oh man, come on, <laughs> really? But I do love when, King Willie's guys go to kill like the Colombian dude and they hang him up and they barge in on him fucking, which is, come on, man. That's a foul party foul. <laughs> Let the man at least bust a nut before you, <laughs> before you string him up and rip his heart out, you know? But I do love how the guys like, I'll tell you what I believe shit happens. And I was yep. like, Oh man, <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> it's like funny line, but. This is terrible. <laughs> they also had to find a way for the predator to be to just repeatedly say shit happens. Right, exactly. And I did find, like, doing a little research about this movie. Apparently, now this is the craziest thing I've ever heard. There is a novel, well, not this part. The, there is a novelization of this movie. Now, every 90s movie pretty much has a novelization as well. And some of them actually add some shit in, make a little bit. You get some deleted scenes actually filled out in those books or whatever. But they're basically like airport novels. Like you pick them up in an airport, you finish them on your flight to wherever, and then you throw them away and you're done. Mike, two questions. It's kind of a little mini pop quiz here. Okay. One, can you get a copy of this novelization anywhere? Like just new, basically newish condition. Can you do it? I guess not. No, you definitely cannot. You know, probably because everybody bought them all up. It's the most popular novelization of all time. What do you think the lowest price on Amazon for a used copy of this novelization is? Um, <laughs> mind you, in 1992, it probably cost three dollars. <laughs> 
like five bucks at best. <laughs> I'm gonna go high. Like I'm gonna guess kind of like a vintage video game level. 70 bucks. Oh, that's a that's a hell of a guess. It's actually the what I could find was $63.17. I'll I'll take that. <laughs> I that was the go, that was the entry level price. I saw a couple that were over the hundreds. <laughs> it's like you gotta be out of your mind to pay a hundred dollars for a used copy of the novelization Collectors, of Brother man. Two. Collectors, right now, you know who the person is selling that it's the guy writing the Wikipedia article where it says the fucking urban hunter has a different code than the jungle hunter. <laughs> and then there's then there's Blackhawk and Grinder and whatever the ones in Predators are named because they looked at him and like, oh, I guess that one looks like a wolf, he's a wolf hunter. It's like, oh my god, <laughs> now I want the aqua hunter. I want the underwater predator. Where's Aqua Predator? (laughs) (laughs) Aqua Predator versus Aquaman. I want Jason Momoa to fight a fucking predator. (laughs) How great would that be? How just phenomenal would that be? If that's Aquaman 2, him and him versus a predator. (laughs) God, that'd be great. God, that would be so, that would be, that would just be flat out phenomenal. (laughs) One thing I will say with this is like I like the weapons that they added to the Predator's arsenal. Yeah, yeah, he does have some pretty cool stuff. Like he's got that um well the main one of the main like plot point uh weapons is that little like fork that he gets stuck in the ceiling. Like that oh, they, they uh, when they say that doesn't match up with anything on the periodic table, that doesn't make sense. That's <clears throat> not how atoms work. <laughs> Well, I mean, alien atoms. <laughs> maybe this is from maybe the alien, the uh, predator homeworld has nothing that you would we would still uh, be able to. Like, it's clearly metal that's made of carbon. You'd recognize carbon in there. Again, no, man, it's alien carbon. You don't know what that is, and and it's 1992 t- computer technology. What are we talking about here? <laughs> I'd be shocked if they did find something. <laughs> Like for her to say this doesn't match anything, I'm like, yeah, because your technology sucks, you know. <laughs> I get a better computer. <laughs> it's actually just sucks. steel. I mean, yeah. Your computer sucks. Right. Come back in 10 years, you'll probably figure something out. But yeah, I mean, he's and then of course he's got he's got his standard like frisbee that he uses. Um, he's got his shoulder cannon, which is always great. He's and then got he's got that like extendo spear. I was just say he's got that retractable like spear or whatever, but and that's the cool, like the thing like the predators always got cool ass weapons. Like he's they always they always put some thought into that shit. But it's um it, it's funny though because like Glover in this one ends up having to use the like the frisbee against him, like the throwing disc against him. But he's also like fighting like a one armed predator by then, you know. So yeah. it's kind of like. It's like, all right, you know, what? Oh, and that's the other reaction I love. It's the old woman who uh, hears the predator in her in her bathroom. I don't think he cares. That's so damn funny. <laughs> you just had your first encounter with an alien. He's a fucking scary looking alien, too. And your first instinct is to make fun of the cop. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I Fair mean, this, enough. <laughs> this predator is seven foot tall. 
400 pounds of muscle you know you can let him do whatever the fuck he wants in there it's like i'm just wondering like you want to drink or something man i mean you can do whatever you like if you need to destroy my bathroom to be able to fix your arm go for it i don't care just try not to kill me and pull my skull next to an alien but all right so i mean but then i mean in, in this it's the, the the shame with this is that we don't get a full movie's worth of Busey. Like, yeah. at least in Lethal Weapon, Point Break, Under Siege, we get a full movie's worth of Busey. Granted, he meets the same end in all three of those. <laughs> now, this is probably the coolest death, though. It is. It is absolutely the coolest death. Like, Pap is getting lit up by, um, was it Roach? I think he gets mm-hmm. lit up by in Point Break. But that's a pretty good. That zone's pretty all right. Him, uh, I think he's blown up in Under Siege, I think is what he, what he does. Yeah. And then um, uh, Lethal Weapon, actually, he just gets arrested. He gets, oh, he gets shot. He gets shot by um, by Riggs. And, uh, but no, this he gets bisected. By completely bisected, which kind of annoying that we don't fully see it. Like, it's it's got a better effect of his bottom half just falling. But, but where'd the top half go? Right, exactly. It just kind of vanished. Like, the predator caught it, like, picked it up at the same time. <laughs> he, like, caught it with his little knife or, like, his little net or whatever. <laughs> but, yeah, it's... The opposite ends of the Busey uh, is, is... It's kind of crazy because everybody else that we talked about is basically the same like Corey feldman is probably the outlier because he was a child actor who then got molested and became weird not i wouldn't i wouldn't say probably half because of that and half because he doesn't know how to convey the point to people to have them believe you you know it's but where shia labeouf i think has always been a little nuts and then the guy we're gonna talk about next week has always been an asshole and then the big dog at the end, you want to talk about a guy who, whose career just went in a off a cliff at a certain point and yet somehow keeps getting chances, <laughs> just keeps getting chances because of who he is. And speaking of lethal weapon, but <laughs> it's all that lethal weapon love, man. But anyway, so that's probably enough on uh, senior Busey and uh, soon to be probably inmate Busey, but yeah, if you guys, it's gonna be funny if he has to be in a Camden County jail for a while. Like, imagine those, imagine that shit. Him just being in a Camden County jail. <laughs> That's oh God. Busey becomes a semi-permanent resident of Camden County. I mean, I I hope. I mean, I I don't live in Camden County. I would move there just to get the jury duty. I'd be like, <laughs> it's like, does anybody here know the defendant? No. <laughs> nope, never heard of him. <laughs> I can be fair and balanced. <laughs> Unbiased. Yeah, go on. Yeah. Middle, middle of the court case. Get me two. <laughs> right. Damn it. <laughs> I gave Damn myself it. up. Fuck. <laughs> Gotta resist it. <laughs> right. Mr. Busey, what was Keanu Reeves like? <laughs> Shit. Fuck. Did you How ever does get this to- convey your experience in pet court? <laughs> <laughs> Is the judge's dog? (laughs) (laughs) Great. What was Anthony Kiedis like? (laughs) What was was Tommy Lee Jones really intense the whole time? (laughs) 
Steven Seagal slap you too? <laughs> did you slap fight Steven Seagal? Or did, did you, you slap him? <laughs> did Steven Seagal make fun of you when you dressed in drag? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Gary. My God. All right. When so, you're on Lethal Weapon, who is more crazy? You or Mel Gibson? Right, you or Mel. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Was it yeah. just like a crazy off? Like, what was going on there? <laughs> yeah. Well, was it insufferable being near and be with both of you? <laughs> Did you actually burn yourself? <laughs> just be like Chris Farley in that like sketch when he's with uh, like Paul McCartney and Jeff Daniels, like the Chris Farley show. <laughs> it's like, you remember when you were in speed? That was awesome. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, all right. So, Mike, why don't you tell people where they can already find us? All right, streaming pleasure, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Overcast, and just about anywhere, thanks to Anchor. Um, you can go find us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Happy Hour Films. Give us a like, follow on all three. Uh, you can reach out. Me and Ross are pretty good with responding to anyone who comments, messages us. Um, please give us a subscribe on YouTube. We finished our uh, House of the our House of the Dragon finale. Came out last week. <laughs> Yeah, two weeks after the fact. Yeah. We've never been anything but timely, people. You know this. <laughs> so, but yeah, but like our, our YouTube content may, uh, we got to figure out where we're going to go from here. We might go back yeah. to reviewing movies. We might just go back to doing dumb shit. We don't know. Don't know yet. Um, or maybe we'll find uh, some other HBO property to review or something. Who knows? <laughs> you know? Going back to working one job. So I'll actually have time to edit stuff again. Hey, there you go. But um, either way, the uh, the podcast rolls on next week. And like I said, our nut job November rolls on. But this time it's more of a complete dickhole November. And it's the legendary Chevy Chase. We're going to talk about Chevy Chase because that man from day one has uh, apparently just been insufferable. And he's been the worst. And he's gotten fired. He's gotten kicked out of better homes than this. You know, it's... It's he is one of the worst people to ever be in Hollywood. And I say that right now, as of November, the early November 2022, he has not been accused of sexually assaulting anybody, <laughs> at least as far as I remember. <laughs> there may have been something in the 80s, 80s or whatever, but of the three people, of the four people that we talk about, he is the one that somehow at this moment at least does not involve sexual assault <laughs> and it's kind of crazy because Chevy Chase would have been the one that would have done it too you know it's he thought he was God for most of the 80s you know and early 90s and oh he just sucks but he was funny like he, he was, was. An absolutely fucking funny dude and so we're gonna get to uh all things Chevy Chase next week and until that time I have been Ross Bacon. I've been Mike McWiggin. I will see you guys next time. So long.